Good afternoon, Mr. Claywell. Good afternoon, Mr. Ham. How have you been, sir? I've been great. Awesome. It's been awesome. a good week and a good weekend. Absolutely. It has indeed. Um, went yesterday up to Richmond with mom and uh, my aunt celebrating birthdays coming up. Both of them have birthdays this coming week. Um, went up and had a good dinner and hung out with family. It was a really, really good weekend so far. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I got to, uh, I got to spend some time with some, some old friends, reconnect. That's always a good thing. It was, it was really, it was really nice. Really, truly nice. Good. And, and the event that you went to, to do this, I, I'm going to have to show our age a little bit. <sighs> 20 years, dude. It's been 20 years. 20-year high school reunion, Hey, yeah. mine was this summer, too. I didn't get to go, but 20 years. It's it's unreal. It's a lifetime ago. It feels that way. Yeah, it does. <laughs> yeah. I'm not really that old, though, am I? Um, No, no, because I know I'm not that old. So, okay, good, yeah, good. I think this is... this. You, you remember that first episode thing we were talking about where, you know, the... the you know, right. It's another is, it's another one of those This is a parallel dimension. Parallel, yeah, yeah. Exactly. It's gotta be what it is. <laughs> it has to be what it is. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it's been a good weekend. It has. And uh we're rolling into summer, full effect, and summer is typically a good strong season for people to go out and I know uh a couple of the guys I work with are looking forward to some upcoming music shows. They're going to a couple of festivals and really? concerts. And, awesome. Yeah, and um, that's something I've always kind of been curious about. I mean, some people may not know, but I, uh, I've i never been to a concert. It's that's, a tragedy. <laughs> I know it is. Um, I've never been to one. They, people always want to get me to go. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've asked a few times, and I know, I and, know. I've had people offer to buy me tickets and everything, and right. it's um, I, I love it. I, I love a live show. Everybody I, does, and and I like a live album right. as long as they're mixed pretty well. I like them. Yeah. Um, I've heard some pretty bad bootlegs. But <laughs> yeah, yeah, those are out there for sure. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm just wondering, uh, you've been to a few concerts, I know, uh, a couple, yeah. Yeah, so I'll what be... is it about a concert? What, why, why a concert? Why is a concert better than just listening to the studio album? I think for me, um, well, the atmosphere for one, a, a concert, uh, just the, the vibe that you get when you get in the room, um, seeing these artists live for one, um, hearing the variations of things that they do whenever they play live shows, because I mean, you figure studio album, it's it's you know one or it's it's however they decided that it sounded the best on that day. Um, we'll take for instance um, last year, I went to see David Gilmore in Chicago. Um, he did things all the way you know back to early Pink Floyd numbers. And you know, and, and and did numbers all the way up through the newest album that he has out now, um, and the changes that are made from the original, say, recording mm -hmm. to what he does today. I mean, there, there's room for improvement. There's always room for improvement with music, and a lot of times these guys will will do that. You know, as a live show, that you you'll get to hear those variations. And it's just it's 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 something different, something new. 
Um, not to mention the fact that, I mean, they're right there playing these things that, that, that we admire on the studio albums. Um, so yeah, that's, for me, it's, it's, it's the feel of the, the concert. I mean, the energy in that room is unreal because when you get twenty five to thirty thousand fans all screaming at the same time, or or you know, or dancing, it's going and seeing the dead and having thirty thousand people grooving at the same time. It's just the positive energy there is just out of this world. And and right there, sir, you are stepping on the crux of my problem. Yeah, I. <laughs> I struggle being in a group of people and and I, and even maybe a small group of people uh you know sometimes as small as 10 or 15 and that really and I don't know why but it it it's not a panic attack it's not a panic environment but it's just an unease yeah, that comes over me uncomfortable and I cannot imagine myself being in a place with 30,000 people. <laughs> that's um, like that's like half of the population of the county here, right? <laughs> I think that's like four times the population of the county here. But and and that many people in one location sitting in, side by side in one building. Yeah. Or you know sometimes an outdoor venue, but right. um it's hard for me to picture that and and be okay with and it. Picture me being okay with it. Yeah. And I don't. So I, I don't. So what's the the energy like? You talk. Well, I I know it's hard to. It's, yeah, it's got to be hard to put into words. But is it's it, like an electricity. I mean, it literally is like an electricity in the air. Um, okay. So let's take for example, 1994-95, the Eagles. Um, okay. They do this hell no, not freezes. Not the Beatles, right? Not, not the Beatles, the Eagles. Now they were, yeah, we're talking like, you know. Okay. Not the, the Beatles. The Eagles do this um, reunion tour called Hell Freezes Over. I have that album. It is a great album. Um, and the live show, the, have you seen the video of the live show? I have not. No. Okay, so like you can find that uh, various places. I mean, you can order it online. I think Amazon has it. But um, so there is a, a live show that's exactly that album. Um, so during that, um, show or, you know, that tour, they came to Lexington to rep arena and I hadn't planned on going like I wanted to go. And I was, it was a toss up for me. Now, mind you, (laughs) back then I was still playing music. I was in the band, you know, with Dave and, and all those guys and, and, and Kevin and Colin. But, um, my option that night was to a, either go see the Eagles on the Hell Freezes Over tour, possibly a once-in-a-lifetime show, right. or go to Knoxville to um, Thompson Bowling Arena and see Jimmy Page, Robert Plant, the No Quarter, once-in-a-lifetime show. And I chose um, to do the Eagles. Dave okay. and all those guys went south down to Knoxville. They saw Page and Plant. I went north and saw the Eagles. So you walk into the room. Now, I get there right as they start lowering the auditorium lights. So okay. I mean, we're talking, I'm just getting to my seat as the show is getting ready to begin. Um, get down to where my seat is, and I'm. we're talking, I'm in a, the nosebleed section because I had not ordered a ticket. I had to buy whatever they had available, and I was in the top of the arena, 
like a half a mile away from stage. But that doesn't matter because you're still in the building. You're still okay. there. So I walk in, find my seat, um, and when I get there, the, as the lights are dimming, um, you can see the stage, and there's a fog like over the stage. Okay. And I thought that was that's kind of cool. And then lightning struck. And when I say lightning struck, I literally mean the entire backside of that stage lit up with streaks of lightning. And the rumble and roar that filled that auditorium shook the auditorium. And as the roar settled, the first notes of Hotel California were being played. And the smoke was clearing, and there's Joe Walsh with his guitar. And then as each part of that song starts, you know, kicks in, that person, you know, Glenn Fry, there's, you know, and I mean, it's just unreal. The entire place just erupted. It was just, it was deafening the sound. And then there's the music. And they played this show that was number one hits from the time they began till the time they ended. And when I left... I was drained. I mean, I I was so tired because there was so much, I guess, sensory overload seeing that show. And that's the way every show is with me. I mean, it's just you get there and it's just you're part of it. So I think that's, yeah, that's, it's an emotional thing. (laughs) It really, really, really is. Um, Every show that I've seen has been that way. So it's kind of like a... Shared experience? It is. Okay. Yeah, I mean, it is. Because uh, you really, you have no clue who these people are that's sitting around you. Um, Right. They are complete strangers, but it doesn't matter. You're you're, you're there with a common, like, uh, I don't know, a common love for whoever is on stage. Um, Whether it be Rush, whether it be um, The Dead, whether it be The Eagles or, you know, Fish or whoever. Um, it doesn't matter. You're there with all of these people that have the same love for that group that you do. And, um, everybody's singing together and everybody's dancing. And it's, you know, when the song ends or when it gets to a part of a song that, that is just iconic, the whole place just, just, just roars. And yeah, it's just, it's an unbelievable feeling. And then you get like the outdoor venues because they're different than like the Coliseum shows. And right. it's more like, you know, hanging out on somebody's lawn and and this really cool band up on stage playing. So yeah, I mean it's just, yeah, there's there's nothing, nothing on the planet like it. So does an outdoor show still have that sense? I mean it's, you know, when you're in the building, you've obviously got the building to help contain and, and reflect the sound and amplify true, it a little true. bit. So does an outdoor show have that same kind of a energy as, it, as a, like a... It's, it has... I can't say it's the same energy. Mm-hmm. It's different, but there is an energy there as well. Um, when we saw The Dead at Riverbend a couple of years ago, that show, um, I mean, we were setting out on AstroTurf, and everybody around us is dancing and having a good time. I guess it was last summer, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah it was last so. summer, yeah. Um, so, yeah, everybody's dancing and having a good time. It doesn't have, like, the the roar, 
like an indoor venue does because, of course, sound can just go. But, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a different energy, but it's still just as fun. It's still, I mean, it's still, it's a live show. Hmm. So, yeah, I mean, I love a concert. I, I can't yeah. get enough of them. <laughs> I, and everyone I know says the same thing. But I just, I, just, I just have a hard time trying to picture myself in that situation and enjoying it. Yeah. Um, I, and even like, so the shows that I've seen from, from the, the shows that I've been to, um, I have to say, like, I, if you go through and you start trying to rank, you know, okay, right. this show was better than this show or that show was better than this one. It's so hard to do because each one of them has such a unique energy and such a unique, uh, I guess, feel. And every artist brings their own um, love for you know to the stage and love for their their um, their audience. And the audience is different at every one of them. I mean, it's just it's so hard to do, but. If you're starting to, if you're trying to rank them like, you know, just in technicality, I, God, I don't even know. It, it would be so hard for me to do. I mean, I have my favorites, I, the ones that I always think, oh, God. I mean, I saw, went and saw, saw that group or that person. Right. And then, then there's the ones that I always, I, I tuck back and I'm like, you know what? That wasn't a huge show, but that was so enjoyable because of this or because of that. And, yeah, it's 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 pretty awesome. It's an awesome event. So, have you ever found yourself, I don't know, let down by a band's performance, or do they generally? I mean, maybe maybe not, maybe maybe not rock. You know, or do they at least? <sighs> I can't say that I've ever well. necessarily been let down by a group. Um, I've been unimpressed. I guess you could say. Okay. Um, back in 98, February of 98, I saw Aerosmith. Um, and that show, it was the Nine Lives Tour. Um, Steven Tyler turned 51 years old that year and was doing back handsprings across the stage. He was out of this world unbelievable. The show rocked. The opening act was the Kenny Wayne Shepherd Band, you know, Blue on right. Black, you yeah, know. Yeah. And at that point, that song was like up there in the charts. It was like the Kenny Wayne Shepherd Band was really climbing the charts and right. they were somebody like some of the people were there specifically just to see that group. And we sat down, we started listening, you know, Kenny Wayne Shepherd came out there and of course, you know, he's the guitar player. There's I don't, yeah. I don't know who the singer is there, but they did I'm pretty sure know, he does both. Does he do both? Yeah, I think so. So anyway, they did their thing, and at the end of it, like everyone around me, like all the little group that I went with, were like, "Oh man, that rocked!" You know, Kenny Wayne Shepherd was great, and I was like, "Yeah, not so much." And they're like, "What do you mean?" I was like, "Dave Wilson does that. Dave Wilson does everything he just did. I've seen all that before, like d almost down to the note. He did all along the Watchtower." almost note for note the way we did it whenever I was in a band. So I was like, yeah, not so much. That was so not impressive. Was, so his was more more of a technical... He just he did, played the music, but he didn't put on a show. Yeah, I mean, 
Well, well they, they put on a show. Okay. I mean, it was lights and it was, you know, and all that kind of stuff. But it was just familiar, I guess, where I'd okay. been playing music for so long at that point. And I was like, you know what? That they're Yes, they're good. I can see my band being on stage doing that exact same thing at that time. It really just didn't impress me. Right. Um, because it sounded like what we were doing. At the time, it was like a four or five piece band. We were a four piece band. They had the the strong lead guitar. We that's what we did. We played kind of like the old classic rock. They played a lot of old classic rock. The lead licks that Kenny Wayne Shepherd was hitting were a lot of the similar lead licks that Dave would hit. So I was just like, yeah, not so good. But I mean, it's not that they weren't good. They were awesome as far as right. Technically, they were really really good, and everybody there enjoyed it. It was just like old hat for me or something. Now, when Aerosmith came out on stage, you know, all those guys, yeah. huh, they rocked the joint. But that was, you know, that's what we came there to see. <laughs> right, right. So, and, and what you're talking about so far is mostly like a lot of um, big venues, outdoor events, coliseum shows. Yeah. Is it, is it, does it stay the same if you go to a smaller venue, say like a 150 people to 100 people? Sometimes the energy level actually goes up because you wow. get that really? small of a group. Um, it becomes a lot more intimate. And okay. um, most of the time, those smaller venues, especially if you start getting into a smaller area, mm -hmm. the noise level goes up drastically because you're still pay you're still playing the same instruments through the same um, you know amplification. So it's loud. But then you've got the group of people that's that's cheering you on. It's it's just there's no room for that sound to expand. So a lot of times it, it does get louder. Um, if you're playing, if they're doing like a small venue outside, you know, those are a lot of fun because again, it's just it's a lot more intimate. Um, one of the best small venue shows that I've seen was Allison Krauss and Union Station. Um, by the way, it, anyone that knows that's my um, that's that's my pass. And when I say my pass, like my wife has a pass. If if Johnny Depp comes up, knocks on the door, and says, "Let's go," I know she's gone, and I'm okay with that. It's just fine, no problem. <laughs> right? You know, she's she's good to go. If Allison comes and knocks on the door and says, "Hey, let's go," I'm gone, and we're done. And she knows that, and we're good with that. So um, I've seen Allison twice. I saw her with Robert Plant during doing the the Raising Sand tour, which was that was a good album. Oh my god, I really like that. Let album. Let me tell you, that album was good. But having those two uh, together doing her music, like some of the the Acus, uh, the Allison Krauss stuff, um, doing that in kind of more of a rock or Americana kind of a sound. Mm -hmm. And then doing some of the old Zeppelin stuff, more bluegrassy or Americana, was unreal. They did the Battle of Evermore. And if you can find a copy of it out there, like listen to that, hearing, you know, Plant to do his part and then Alison Krauss hitting the higher parts of that song, out of this world. So I saw her um, in Tennessee, in Knoxville, at the Tennessee Theater. Now, the Tennessee Theater is a smaller venue. Maximum, I, th I want to say it's a couple of thousand people at the most. And I was like nine rows, ten rows back from the stage. So we were down low. And that venue, 
And I, I don't know if it was just necessarily that show because it's, you know, bluegrass, it's Alison Krauss. Right. Um, it, it literally felt like it didn't matter who you were, that group was playing straight to you. That you were, they were there because you were the one that they were they were playing music for. So it's yeah, the smaller venues like that, yeah, they they're a lot more intimate. I mean, you're closer to the artist. A lot of times, even after the show, sometimes the artist will even come out and be like, you know what, hey, they'll they'll mingle around in the crowd and stuff. Um, Blue Man Group is notorious for that. You know, after <laughs> those the guys sh- look like they always just have a blast oh, God, when they, they perform, they do. and it's a mess. Oh my God, it's a mess. <laughs> but um, yeah, like they'll be out front after, as soon as the show's over. They'll be out front and like they'll put the blue paint on you and they'll they'll take pictures with you. I mean, like I say, and, and the venues they play are typically smaller. Like they played at EKU, and we saw them uh, there, and it was it was it was really a fun show to watch. Yeah, I think. Uh, my boss said he went and seen one of his favorite bands in uh, Nashville at a real small place, like a oh, yeah. like a two hundred seat place, like a Tootsie's or something. Yeah, yeah, I don't know that I, I can't remember the name. Um, but after the show, he said the drummer walked out and handed him a stick. <laughs> See stuff like that. Yeah. That's and why you go to concerts. Yeah. That's why you go to concerts. Um, so, I've never but, been fortunate enough to get anything like that from you know from uh, uh, anyone that I've I've seen, but. Man, it would have been awesome. Like I'd love to have like because we were really, really, really close to the stage when we saw Rush. Man, if oh, Neil yeah. Pert would have thrown a drumstick up there to us or whatever, dude, I would have been beside <laughs> myself. That would have been awesome. The drum god himself has bestowed the, his blessing upon I'm you. you. What the Holy Trinity? <laughs> yeah, dude, that was yeah. It's it's an amazing thing to go and see these guys and like somebody like Rush. I mean, yeah, you can sit and listen to the studio albums. You're almost hearing the studio albums when you go see them. They're that technical. It's that So precise. they just got it that tight. They're that tight. It's unreal. I mean, you, you've seen a couple of their live shows. I've like seen Rush and Rio and one more. I don't remember. Um, the Time Machine? Time Machine, yeah. Time Machine, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's, I've, I've, yeah, I've got both of those at the house. So, um, yeah. And you've seen those shows. That's how tight they are every time they play. It's just unreal. Okay, so earlier you were talking about the the one of the things to go see somebody live is that they they put a different flair to it or something maybe. So but then do. but then you say Rush is real tight and technical and you're basically listening to the studio. So what makes that what makes that if it's if it's that tight and that close to the original to, to the studio album? Why would you want to go? No, I <laughs> I know why people want to go, but does that affect that that energy that you're talking about if it's if it's not spontaneous if it's no yes and no i guess spontaneity mm-hmm. in so, with some of these shows is good right um but then when you have a group like rush okay. where everything they do is so technically uh intricate i guess right. well i mean they, so so if you, if you don't know they're a three-piece band and so, they, it sounds like it should be 10 people up there playing so yeah okay just in case somebody didn't not familiar with rush's music it's, okay it's only three people and they do it sounds like there are more than three people when they're playing always yeah. it's unreal so, so yeah so you get a group like that and they are so precise with right. that with that music 
And it should be like seven or eight people up there playing that music, but it's just three guys up there on stage. At that point, yeah, you're not you're actually looking for that that tightness and that technicality of it. I mean, the you're looking for the little intricate did they did they hit that? Did they do that? And you know, seeing somebody like Pert up mm-hmm. there behind the drums, he's a machine. I'm just going to tell you that man is a machine. Can you even see him behind the drums? Well, though? you know, he's, you can see the top of that little funny hat that he wears. Um, <laughs> yeah, um, and then they, there's always a really, really good uh, camera crew that works with these these shows. So you get some really good angles of people up okay. on screens behind it. So yeah, you can see them occasionally. All right, okay. <laughs> But yeah, so sometimes you're looking for that. And like with the Eagles, that's the way it was. I didn't go there to hear them do Hotel California in a new way. I heard came the, I went there to hear them do that song the way it was supposed to be, the way it was done on the album, you know, and that's what they did. And every note that they hit was spot on perfect. So, yeah, you start looking at that, you know, technicality and saying, "Okay, well, yeah, the energy level in the room is going to be high just simply because you're there with the group. But sometimes you're looking for that, not necessarily the the improv, improv I guess, of you know the music oh. that they're playing. So yeah. nice, yeah. And by the way, talking about Hotel California and in Siena, uh forget a bunch of that baseline. <laughs> I'm just gonna say, I mean, I that baseline's not so bad. I try to pick around a little bit, but that's not holy so, moly, that one's not so bad. Now I'll tell you one thing though: if you're, if, if anyone out there that that if you want to start trying trying to dissect and take apart music and listen to like specific parts of it, I don't know what Timothy Schmidt, the bass player for the Eagles, does. I don't know how he does it, but his notes blend so well like it's it, there's no you can't tell when he changes notes it's just like it's just like they're they're just always there perfect so yeah very smooth very very smooth yeah dude's like yeah. butter yeah. <laughs> yeah it's enough to make you sick it really is and especially and then you start getting to somebody like Getty Lee that's all over it but you can hear him when he goes from one spot to another cuz it's he he does a lot of slapping of the bass and yeah. stuff so slap. his is a little more Passionate. More, well, I was I was gonna say technical. I think and to where the eagle. I don't even know the guy's name, but the Eagles base. You just said it, Timothy I, Schmidt. Schmidt. Yeah, yeah. Uh, his just seems a lot more smooth. Yeah, yeah. He a is a lot more at ease. That's like um, to me, David David Gilmore has a very. I, I, probably my favorite of all time, but a very smooth lead guitar. It's very ethereal. Yeah, it's it's everything just kind of flows. Yeah, and you know, compare that to somebody like uh, Led Zeppelin. Yeah, it's, I, I know it's a great guitar player. Yeah, Jimmy Page is awesome. He's technically an amazing guitar player, yeah. but. He's rough around the edges, it seems like. Yeah, it's a it's not it's not that mellow, smooth. Yeah. It's but it's 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 still excellent. Yeah. Just a different way of being excellent. Yeah. And then start getting into things like different tones and all that kind of stuff. And I mean you, you we could talk about that all night long. I, <laughs> maybe another time. Maybe another time. Okay. But yeah. Yeah, that's that's I, I love a concert. I love a good concert. Um 
that's kind of my thing. Like, I've I, we went back to school this past week. Right. I'm sorry. Um, uh, it's okay. It's okay. This I'm I'm really enjoying it thus far. Um, good. Good. My kids are awesome, and I had to break a few hearts on on Wednesday when we went back. Yeah. And it's not the girls. I, I'm definitely not breaking any of their hearts. It's the boys. Because I don't do sports. Oh. I'm not a sports fan yeah. whatsoever. Like, I don't care if UK even has a team, let alone winning or losing. That's sacrilege around uh, here, I'm sir. telling you what, it's terrible. But um, we were talking about, you know, just kind of sharing, you know, things that first class, you know, who's the who you are as far as a student, right. you know, who am I as far as their teacher. And um, I put a slide up on the board that has just a few pictures that just kind of, and I, I said, you know, if you want to ask any questions, I said, these are some of the things that represent me. And uh, part of it was, you know, a few instruments and a couple of like, like, logos for bands and uh right. they asked those questions and I, I i had to break their hearts and say you know listen guys I, if i ever show up at a game i'm not there because i want to go see you guys play football or basketball i'm there because i want to support you guys I, I don't care if you win or lose as long as you're enjoying playing the game i'm not a sports guy and yeah it, it broke their hearts but so i'm not a sports guy i'm a concert and music guy for sure and that's the way my whole family has been. We've never, none of us have ever really done sports. Yeah, I, I don't. Uh, I'm not very much with the physical activity outside of cycling. So, yeah. but maybe one of these days, I can work up the the nerve to get to a concert. Well, I'd, I would love to have you along with me. Anytime you're ready to go, you just let me know, and we'll go see something. And we don't have to see something that's going to be wild and crazy. We can start small. Smart, start start low key. Okay. Um, I'm not hopefully, saying. Hopefully, you're not talking low key like the like Bonnaroo Nor- or something like the like the Norse god. No, 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 no not lo- not lo- low key, low no, not low key. But um, no, I, so, uh, yeah, like I don't want to. I don't know. Bonnaroo is, a, is. I don't even know what that is. That's uh, that's the guy that sings for you too, right? No, no, that's that's Bono. <laughs> uh, but he was there this last year. Um, now, Bonnaroo's a, a, it's like a three day festival. So we'll, we'll just go and camp out for a weekend. Oh, and, another thing I love. <laughs> no, no, Great. Yeah. We won't hit something like that. Yeah, I've already, I've already um, shot that one down violently <laughs> twice. I got people that keep trying to get me to go to this uh, big fe- three day camping. Fe- I'm like, no, no. <laughs> I don't want to go out there and sweat mm-hmm. and li- sleep on a roots and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Now, um, no, really, though, if you do want to hit a concert sometime, I'll, I'd, I'd love to have you along. Um, and like I said, we'll we'll start something that's not such a big wild venue. We'll do something small and kind of let you step up if you'd like. See, I, I would like to challenge myself to do it. Okay, at some point. Okay, it's it's. I would like to try to do it if I can get past the that whatever that is. I'll tell you something that you that might mental want to, block. You might want to try something than this. Um, this will be a suggestion. Um, being um, at this location, Pulaski County, Kentucky, we have every year the Master Musicians Festival held over at Somerset Community I College. Almost went when you. Um, that's not a bad when, where when the, the place, when the cannon crows. Yeah, I almost went. I not really, a, really wanted to go that year. That's not yeah. a bad place to start because one, you're home, so it's not like you're far away. True. It's not all that expensive twenty twenty five dollars I think at the most to get in. Um, go over there. 
it's not a huge crowd and it's spread out. So you're not like all up on people. Not a bad place to start. Start something like that. If you enjoy that, go, all right, this is not so bad. Then you can move up. If you think, okay, this is terrible, then you know, I don't want to go any further than that. It's, you know, it's baby steps, baby steps. If we can find a, if we can find a good set of bands playing MMF, I'll, I may try that. That's, that's a decent suggestion because I can always just run home and hide. That's right. That's right. If it gets bad. Yeah. It's just four miles down the road. Yeah. So, okay, now that I'm all nervous and sweating over here and <laughs> getting myself all worked up over this, let, let's move to a topic that's a little more comfortable for me. Okay, sounds if good. If you don't mind. Um, so I started a little discussion on our Facebook page um, earlier this week. A we pop got, quiz. You gave our, quiz. Peop, our our listeners a pop quiz. Pop quiz. Dude. Well, it's speak, the even even the pop quiz part speaks to my one of my passions, uh, film. Uh, of course, from Speed, uh, the the movie Speed. Mm-hmm. Um, so we we I got the question out there and asking asking people, uh, what what's the worst movie you've ever seen? And 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 it doesn't. It, I'm not saying it has to be the worst movie of all time, or you know, it's not like a analytical thing. Just just and if somebody had to ask you and you had to reply quickly, what's the worst movie you've ever seen? The worst movie that you've ever actually sat down and watched beginning to end. <clears throat> Good grief! And, yeah, uh, I, th- I think we had we had a few great replies. Um, we really did. There was an l- awesome, yep. awesome response. Yeah, uh, we had quite a few responses. Uh, Mike here says that uh, a film called Knowing, and then uh, down here a little later, we had some pretty heavy agreement. Uh, John says any recent Nick Cage film. <laughs> uh, no which, love for Mr. Cage. No, no love. Uh, any, so speaking of Nick Cage, real quick, if you've not seen this. Uh, pardon my language here, folks. There's a video, I believe it was put out by College Humor. It's called Tasteless Asshole. Uh, <laughs> it's about said Nick Cage. Uh, go check that out. It's it's hilarious. If if you're a Nick Cage fan, uh, just delete that last 10 seconds of dialogue from your mind. Uh, we never said that. <laughs> but uh, if, if you're one of the people that likes to poke fun, then uh, go check that out. It's pretty good. Yeah, there was a lot of, a lot of good... Um I can't say good. A lot of terrible movies that were listed on the, on that little pop quiz, though, and and I mean there there are some of them that I had never even heard of, and I'm I think I'm kind of glad <laughs> because yeah. Yeah. I don't want to see some of these things that people think these are the the worst movie that has ever been made or that they've I, ever watched. The, the sad part is I've seen a few of these, um, yeah, and they they are indeed pretty bad. Um, Kevin, so Kevin uh, down here, yeah, he was talking about like the date movie and the disaster movie, yeah. and you know I agree, these movies are terrible. Most of these parody movies are though. Um, you really you can't. I don't know. You, you you just pardon my language. You can't polish a turd, <laughs> and that's right. what most of these are. <laughs> right. Yeah, I'm not a fan of most of the, those parody movies. Just yeah, they don't. They don't grab me. Um, so, sir, yeah, you and I both have refrained from answering anything on here other yep. than just making a comment. So, just commenting here and there. Um, so, what is your bleh, movie? Well, <laughs> the worst one that you've ever set through. I, I, I'll tell you. Let's go, let's go back up here real quick. Jeff up here, the very first comment we got here says eighty percent of low budget movies, um, <laughs> or the village, or the and village. I, I do have to say, Shyamalan. <laughs> 
some of the, well, some of his twist. stuff is yeah uh yeah mm-hmm. so <laughs> okay yeah, it's pretty bad uh <laughs> but in in accordance with this he, he's kind of lumped me in here because the worst film i've ever actually sat through it happens to be a low budget film uh or at least low production quality anyway i don't know what the budget was uh apparently it has two titles i know it by alien 3000 uh, but hmm. apparently another another title for it is Unseen Evil 2. I've never heard of it. Uh, you've never heard of this film? It no. stars Lorenzo Lamas, TV's really? own TV's own renegade. Oh, really? Um, yeah. And I think that's where their yeah. entire budget went for this film. Probably. Probably. <laughs> uh, the the whole the whole film uh it was released uh I see there's two release dates. There's two titles. I'm not sure. It garners a whopping 2.7 on IMDb. On IMDb. Uh, wow. Yeah. Uh, so it, the 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 film is a sci-fi film. Uh, these people stumble across this uh, ancient treasure that's revealed when an earthquake happens and it opens up a cave in the side of a mountain. Okay. And there's a bunch of gold and stuff buried down in here. They take the the treasure out and it turns out that that treasure has been hoarded up by this alien being who's use, who's trying to use all the precious metals to fuel his spaceship so he can leave the planet. Hmm. He, uh, he's not happy when they take his gas. So he goes after him. Um, it's, it's not well acted. It's not well directed. Uh, what really just kills this film though is, the uh, visual effects are <laughs> atrocious. Atrocious, um, <laughs> and 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 it's just inexcusable. I can handle some bad effects, but this is just inexcusable. Uh, and one of the shots is a car chase, and they're chasing this alien. Yeah. Uh, the car that they're in, in one shot, is a Toyota. The camera cuts away to the monster, cuts back. They're in a Ford. <laughs> like no one would notice. Yeah. Nobody notice. Nobody <laughs> nobody will catch that. Just keep rolling. Keep it. We we couldn't afford to rent a Toyota another day. We had to go get a Ford. Don't worry about it. The other big thing that happens is the alien is all CG. Okay. And it's terrible CG. And I don't just mean that, you know, it's bad. I mean, sometimes the alien has four legs. Sometimes it walks upright and only has two legs. Okay, so do they explain anything like this in no. the movie? Oh, wow. No. There's no explanation for it. They don't even mention it. They're like, maybe they won't notice. I don't know what they were thinking. Um, <laughs> Obviously, they weren't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Some of the, they've got like these scenes of like helicopters flying, and it's just so bad. It's, it's like, a, it's, it's like a wooden chair with like a piece of cardboard behind it with some lights, like Christmas lights stuck on it. <laughs> and it's supposed to be the cabin of a helicopter. And when they're flying, like it's dead silent. The thing makes no noise. And it's so obviously when they go cut to like an external shot, it's so obviously a toy. <sighs> That's pretty rough. It's just so bad. It's, and I now have this to, is a B, B like a B class film though, right? Like oh, a B definitely. Okay, it's, it's so a, yeah, it's definitely like a low budget B movie, and it's and it's it's just 
bad. It's just terribly, inexcusably bad. I can look over some bad acting or some bad cuts or bad edits or that kind of stuff. But when you're not even trying to keep the same vehicle, when you're changing the complete design of the monster, it's just, that's to me, it's inexcusable. That's yeah. just not tolerable. Yeah. Yeah. I can, I can see where something like that would be just, yeah, it would be hard to watch. I yeah, mean, definitely. really hard to watch. So yeah, I, the, the film that, that, that gets my bleh, award, mm-hmm. um, I really don't even know where to start with this film. Oh. I mean, it's that. It's it's that bad, but then again, I I hadn't really looked, but I'm shocked. Like literally sitting here, like flabbergasted <laughs> at the re, the 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 rating that it gets on IMDb. Oh yeah, it gets a six point one out of ten. Hey, that's better than half. That's better than that's. I would have given it like say some negative numbers. I mean, it's <laughs> so. The the film that 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 uh, that I s- was suffered suffered terribly to watch anyway, Pink Flamingos, nineteen seventy two, John Waters. Ah, uh, John Waters. Oh, what a strange, strange man. He is, he is, and this this is his crown jewel. I'm just going to tell you. Oh. Um. So the 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 film stars. A an actor slash actress named Divine, and he he uses Divine in quite a few of his films. Um, she passed away ah, years and years ago, right? But um, so in Pink Flamingos, she is playing this character, or I I can't really say she's playing a character because she she refers to herself as Divine. Throughout the film, well, Divine is a character. Well, yeah, true, but oh. typically, like in his other films, Divine plays another character. Oh, okay. so like, um, well, did they create the Divine character for this? Was this the first appearance of Divine? I, that I'm not sure. That I'm not sure. Um, but um, there, another film that he did, Lust in the Dust, mm-hmm. like Divine plays, uh, uh, you know, a specific oh, well, character. I so, guess yeah. not. So, okay. um, but anyway. So in this character, Divine plays this. Um, she goes by this alias, and it's Babs Johnson, and she has the title of the filthiest person alive. And almost every scene in the film, she proves over and over and over again that yes, she really is the filthiest person alive, all the way to the point. That I mean, okay. So this is I haven't seen this film, but I have a feeling I think I know what you're about to say. Yeah, this this okay. So this is a quote sp- straight from Wikipedia, right? It says as it features okay t- in in reference to this film, it features a number of increasingly revolting scenes that center on exhibitionism, voyeurism, sodomy, masturbation, gluttony, vomiting, rape, incest, murder, cannibalism, foot fetishism. Um, it's concentrated as a preliminary exponent of abject art. The film received warm reception from critics. I don't know why. And the LGBT community has become, it's become like a cult film there for them. Now, I watched this thing in college on a mm-hmm. dare. It was 
horrid, horrid, horrid film. Um, it is just so, so bad. From the opening scene to the closing scene, I, 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 there are no words. There really are no words. Here's the here. Let me just tell you how the it closes. Okay. I, I I saved this just for you because I love you. Okay, oh, you're so sweet. It says that means a lot. Okay, the legendary ending opens as Crackers, Cotton, and Divine walk down the street. This is the the her little family that holds this title as okay. the filthiest people on the planet. All right? right, where they spot a dog and its owner. They look at the dog excitedly and hungrily for some reason. I had a feeling this is where you were going. Then the dog defecates on the sidewalk. And Divine sits down next to it. She takes the feces in her hand, puts it in her mouth, proving, as the narrator states, that she is not only the filthiest person in the world, but is also the filthiest actress in the world. Only John Waters. Only John Waters. At the end of this, I thought, this is two hours of my life that is gone forever. It was so, so bad. Hmm. So bad. That sounds horrible. <sighs> I'm almost ashamed to admit that I've even seen this atrocity. Well, at least yours was critically well-reviewed. <sighs> I don't know why, though. I really don't. I mean, yes, John Waters is a strange guy. Yeah. And some of his other things, even though odd, are watchable. This was way out there. Like, way out there. Like, you know, you say this was way out in left field? Yeah. Mm -mm. This was in the parking lot. It wasn't even in the ballpark. (laughs) Ouch. Ouch. So, now, I've heard rumors of this, and I don't know if this is true or just, you know, rumors to build it up. That wasn't prop. No, I've uh, heard that as well. That that that, that the uh, the actor who plays Divine mm-hmm. actually ate ingested fresh Gag- gagging twice on camera because mm-hmm. of yeah yeah. So take that for what you will out there. And so so let me ask you where where was the point? What what was the final thing for you in this film that you just completely was like this is the part that just. Can't be buried. Okay, so the part, the okay, the part at where the part of the film where I actually shut it off, like turned it off, and was like, I'm done with this, um, right? And ended up because I guess morbid curiosity got mm-hmm. the better of me, or maybe it was everybody else going, dude, why did you turn it off? Um, you're going because I'm not sick. Because I'm like, not obviously the rest yeah, of you. I'm not. Yeah, I'm, <laughs> I'm done with this. Um, there is a scene in. I want to say probably within about forty minutes in on this film, um, where uh, there's another couple that is is vying for this title of filthiest people alive or filth, filthiest person alive, and at one point. Um, they actually like they have this scene where they are having sex, and they crush a live chicken between them as they're fornicating. This is on film. Oh my god! This thing has okay. This thing has an NC seventeen rating. Well, and there's a reason for that. Um, 
And, and and at that point, I was like, I'm done. I am so done with this. So film. so was there no such thing as the uh, what's the uh, PETA? Is that right? This is 1972. So I don't know. Is that it? Was that I don't know. Or, well, don't this know. probably filmed in Australia, right? I have when no most of his clue. Stuff, um, let's see here. Or no, no, no. That was just Lust. Lust in the Dust was set in Australia, wasn't it? No, no. It was set in. Um, no, it was set in like. Um, I want to say. Or was it Vegas? I want to say like no, it was like huh. Utah or Arizona or something. Oh, okay, Never because mind. the little girl, the little old woman, and it keeps saying that she wants to go to Abilene, and she's talking oh. about going to yeah, Abilene, Texas. She said she just likes the the way it sounds, okay. Abilene. <laughs> so yeah, I don't know. This is yeah, it was pretty rough, pretty rough. And then other other people you were with wanted to see the rest. Of course, oh, of course, cool. yeah, sick bunch of bass. No, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, here's the thing, though. I mean, it it there's it's it's one of those films that is it's all about shock, and he really nailed the shock factor with this one. Just trying to push to see what he could get, he what was, he could get away with. Yeah, yeah, he really was, and obviously he got away with it because, like I say, six point one out of ten on IMDb's, that's unbelievable. Wow. Unbelievable wow. to me. So, so now let yeah. me ask you. What? Uh, so that that's the worst worst movie. That's the worst and movie. So there's bad movies, terrible movies, and then there's movies that are so bad you love them, right? Okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? So for me, there's a there's a movie out there, and it's a terrible movie. It's it's so bad, but I love it anyway. Uh in America. The film was released with the title. I don't know what is it with me in films that have two titles. I don't know. In America, the film was released with the title "Dead Alive" in 1992. Uh, it's released overseas as "Brain Dead." Uh, it's from, believe it or not, uh, legendary now director Peter Jackson. Oh wow! Of yeah, Lord of the Rings fame. Heard that? I did not um, know he did that film. It, it was his first major feature film. Uh and it's a uh, it's about this guy who uh, Lionel, I think is his name. Uh, his his mother gets bitten by this thing. So we gotta talk about this thing because it's one of the like it's one of the campy. It's a cheesy horror gross out movie. Right, right. Peter, you know exactly what you think of when you think Peter Jackson. Exactly, you know, yeah. Blood yeah. guts and gore. Yeah. Um, <laughs> It, at the time it was released, I think it had more on-screen blood than any film to that date, I believe. I could be wrong about that. <clears throat> uh, but the, the this thing that bites his mother, there's a story behind it, and I love the story because it's so cheesy. These pirates go to this island, I think it's Sumatra, way a long time ago, back in, back in the day. Okay. And... They go on that island to bury their treasure. And while they're there on the island, these rats come off their ship on the rowboats with them as they're bringing the treasure across. And the story goes that the rats raped the local monkey population. <laughs> and that made these, these, these new creatures that they call rat monkeys. And they're evil. They're pure evil. And, uh, this scientist collects one of these and takes it to the zoo. Uh, and I believe the film's set in New Zealand. I think that's where Peter Jackson's from. 
Uh, I could be wrong about that, but I'm everybody in the film has a New Zealandish, Australian-ish accent. So I'm thinking it's got to be set somewhere in down that. in that area. Yeah. Um, I know they're not the same accent, but to my poor, uneducated American ears, they're similar. <laughs> <clears throat> um, but it basically turns her into a zombie. Hmm. And she begins infecting other people. And this this poor guy, he's like your stereotypical mama's boy, right? Okay. He lives at home. His mother is this very dominating, matriarchal figure. She doesn't want him dating. Uh, even though this, this guy's like, you know, in his late 20s, early 30s, he's still completely bent to his mother's will. He has no life of his own. He doesn't exist outside of her. And um, she suddenly starts becoming a zombie and he's having to take care of her and he doesn't, you know, it's, and she, through the earlier part of the film before she gets bad, she's like trying to drive a wedge between him and this girl that he's trying to date. And, uh, it's just, (laughs) it's just, it's more and more people get infected and all this stuff. And I won't go into all the details, but let's just say there's a zombie baby that gets born, conceived and born. There is, um, I don't even know how that works. <laughs> I don't either. It's, but it's, it's, it's so bad and so funny because he starts trying to take care of this baby, but it's a zombie. Uh, there's a scene where it's very obviously a forced perspective scene where there's a full grown man with a baby mask on that's supposed wow. to be the baby. <laughs> wow. But uh, uh, some of the iconic things to me, one of the one of the things that really sticks out to me, and it just makes me laugh every time I see this film. There's a scene in the movie where Lionel has gone down to the graveyard because he's going to try to collect this person when they rise yeah. from the grave after they he knows that they've been infected, and he's going to try to get them before they can spread it more. And it's he's too late. By the time he gets there, there was this like teenage couple that was going to go have sex in the cemetery and it gets them and it's already like they're already infected and they're already turning and he's trying to fight off these three zombies. And then all of a sudden up on this mausoleum, this dude just does like a somersault backflip double tuck and lands (laughs) on the top of the mausoleum. And you're like, what is going? And it's a priest in the robes and like the full robes and he's hits this like pose and he's like, I kick ass for the Lord. And he does like this huge flip (laughs) off the mausoleum, lands down, starts like Kung Fu and all these zombies. Oh my goodness. It is epically awesome. The, the iconic classic scene from the film is towards the very end of the film. Lionel grabs a push mower, just a standard push mower starts that puppy up and just starts wading his way through the zombies just hacking and chopping. And that's where that's where the blood, that's where the blood really comes in. It's so, so much blood and gore. Uh and it, but it's it's not gross gore. It's so bad. It's cheesy gore. Uh and then I was surprised to find out because it's a horrible film. <laughs> it's so bad. <laughs> it gets a 7.6 on IMDB. Wow, um, really? Yeah, but it's so cheesy. Anyways. And I love it. It makes me laugh, but it's a terrible, terrible film. Okay, so 
I guess my guilty pleasure film, the one that that there's a couple, and there's one that I always go to. And the thing is, is is one is a literally a cult classic. So I mean, it's 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 one of those films that people that love it love it. People that hate it can't stand it. And um, you know, people don't watch it just passively. And that is the Rocky Horror Picture Show. Um, Richard O'Brien's masterpiece. It is absolutely, in my opinion, one of the best things that's ever been put on film. And I'm weird because of that. I've seen it well, well into the triple digits. I don't know how many times I've seen it. It's up in the... I don't want to say I'm I'm, I'm into the four-digit range, but I'm probably somewhere 300 to 400 times. Easily. I get it. I love you anyway, but <laughs> I, I love I, that I, film. I've watched the film twice, yeah, I believe, and I believe both times were with you, probably. <laughs> and I just don't get. It, I huh? don't see it. Yeah, yeah. It's one of those things where I don't know. It's just the quirkiness of it and the 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 weird. The way, I don't know. It's just, I love it. I just love the film right. from beginning to end. So that's my guilty pleasure. If it's like if I'm clicking through, especially around Halloween, and it's on, the it's there. It's it's done. Um, I have like multiple multiple copies of it. I have the script. I've got. I mean, I've just it's. I was part of the fan club for a while. I mean, I've seen it live. I've seen it. So, well, you've itself. seen it live. So, have you done the I audience have, participation? I have. Version? Okay. Yeah, wow. I've, I've, I've taken the backpack with with you know hot dogs and toilet paper and newspapers and water guns and rice and they don't like you bringing rice. Like they don't like you now bringing rice and hot dogs because um, that attracts you know rats. So <laughs> they're like, yeah. don't bring that stuff, but you can bring everything else. Um, so yeah, I've done that. Yeah, and it's okay. it's a lot of fun, a lot of fun. So that's one of the uh, that's my guilty pleasure as far as like, but it's again, it's a cult classic. So I can't necessarily say it's a terrible movie because so many people love it. So right. the other one that I'm going to say here, this is this is a, a, a kind of a fringe movie that that came out a few years ago. Came, came out actually in 2002. Um, I thought it was hilarious, and it's. One of those films, a lot of people just kind of it, it missed people. Like the, the it was completely below the radar, and the the movie is called Kung Pao Enter the Fist. <laughs> right? Uh, it's so bad, but it's so funny. Yes. I I love the film. It's just so it's just fun to watch. Um, so this film is about the one. And this is a, a martial artist that um, has been chosen here. He's the chosen one. And um, he goes up against this, this villain. Um, and the villain, which is he's, he, the, the guy, is, his name is Master Payne. And it's archival footage that has been edited into this film from a 1970s now, uh, martial arts film. Now, I have a question about this. Okay. I've seen, the, I've seen part, I've never seen the entire film through. Okay. I've seen parts of it out of context. Right. Isn't the entire movie except for the chosen one archival footage? Um there's a couple of or p- are there there's a few little scenes here and there that are not archival footage. It's 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 probably a I want to say probably an 80/20. 
Okay. Yeah, but yeah, most it. of the film is just archival footage that they redubbed. They did. Yes. Okay. And and it's when I say redubbed, mm-hmm. I mean that's that's exactly what it is. So Master Payne, which is the 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 bad guy in this, okay. he also goes by the name Betty. And <laughs> um I don't know. It's just it's so so fun to watch. Um the whole thing is, is is about the chosen one and the path that he has to take to beat this this guy. And there's aliens involved and there's fighting cows that uh, it's just squirt milk. Squirt milk and and then like he falls in love with the this girl that just like like you never actually see her doing this, but she exposes herself to him, like her breasts to him, like and she's always got her back turned to the camera, and like his eyes bug out every time that she does it. <laughs> and it's just so random when she does it. Like they could be just having dinner or something, and she just, whoosh, whoosh, you know. And it's just really quick. Um, just a fun movie to watch, though. And uh, if, if you get a chance to watch it, you know, don't don't go into it thinking that you're going to be watching something good. It's just fun. <laughs> so, yeah. That's that's my guilty pleasure film. Right on. Who who is the guy? Do you know the actor who uh, plays? Because he's a comedian, right? Um, I I'll, I'm going to butcher his last name. Okay. It's Steve Odekirk. Odekirk. Odenkirk. It's is yeah, there an o- N in it? Odenkirk. No, no. It's O E D E K E R K. Odekirk. Okay. Odekirk. I've heard the name. Yeah, his face looked familiar, but I, okay. Yeah, he yeah he's one of those guys that. I don't know. He's got almost like a rubber face. He's one of those guys that <laughs> looks like everyone else that you've ever seen. Okay. So, he's yeah. one of those guys. He's one of those guys. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> right on. All right. Cool. Awesome. Yeah. That's. I've, I will have to sit and watch that one through. As I said, I've never seen it through. I've seen pieces of it, but I've never seen it through. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's worth a worth a gander. <laughs> right. So, that's that's it for me on those. I, I'm. I'm uh, yeah, that's my. That's your best, worst. That's, worst of worst and that's, best that's, of that's worst the, movies. The best worst movie you've ever that's seen. The best worst movie I've ever seen. <laughs> good deal. Good deal. And like I said, you know, we loved, loved, loved getting all of the feedback on on the pop quiz that was put out there. Um, you know, yeah. thank you all for sure for yeah. um, for responding to that because I mean it really gave us something. I, there's a few movies that are on that list now that I'm going to have to go look up just to see how terrible they really are. So. Indeed, indeed. <laughs> and and I got another challenge for anybody listening. Okay. So so far, three for three, I'm perfect. I've made a major glaring mistake in something I've said in every episode. <laughs> So oh, yeah. So let me know what I said wrong this time because I'm sure there was something in there that I just completely hosed on. So uh, hey, just I did let me too. know what it is. Last episode that we did when we were talking about the seafood place Hyman's, mm-hmm. I, I gave you guys like, oh yeah, it's right there on Market Street. No, it's on Meeting Street, so you can see it from Market Street. <laughs> <laughs> right. I normally park on Market Street to get there, but yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> so if you feel like it, drop us a line. Uh, let me know what I did wrong. I'll appreciate the feedback. Uh, Absolutely. You, you can hit us up on the Facebook page. That's facebook.com forward slash two minds podcast. You can also catch us on Twitter and at two minds podcast yeah, at two minds podcast. And we also have a Gmail account. Shoot us an email. Two minds podcast at gmail.com. All right. 
So, Mr. Claywell, yeah. I guess uh, this is episode number four, right? Episode four. Yeah. Yeah. It's been fun. It has. I think, hey, looks like my cup is empty, so. Mine too. Um, Until next time. Indeed, sir. All right. Have a great night. You too.